So what time does the 7 o'clock meeting start? 7 o'clock. So um, welcome to everyone at New Freedom. Welcome to Position Neutrality. Welcome to all of you coming on, in online. I want to ask first if we've got anybody in the room tonight that this is their first time here. We got any first time visitors? Oh, good. Very well. Awesome. So, first of all, welcome. And second, let us warn you in advance you're liable to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. The primary reason that's liable to happen is we intend for you to have a different experience here. Um, what we do here, we've been doing for lots of years. We take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book. And we use this book in 12 step recovery. Why? process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So what we do here, what I try and do, is show you how I find my experience in the book, because it's a book of experience. And I'll encourage you to have your experience, and if we both do our job, we will share a spiritual experience in this room tonight. How many of you have been here before and can witness that happens? Oh, good. So those of you online, they're raising their hand. If you've never been told in 12-step recovery, when we speak of a spiritual experience, we're talking about a sensory experience. You will feel it. When you do, I'll know. And I'll call it to your attention, because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration of the power. Fair enough? The other thing I want to tell any members that are here for the first time tonight, there's two events a week that you're welcome to bring your family to, invite them to come. Uh, one of them is this, your family can come at 6.15, they can spend the meeting with you so that they can at least see what it is you're doing as you're starting your re-entered life. And you all, the other thing you can do is come to the Re Recovery Church on Saturday. Again, they open at 6.15, Chaplain Sam Lee um, officiates that. He spent a lot of time ministering to people in the prison system. Any of you made it through Florence in the last 30 years probably met him. And uh, so he, yeah, it happens in our crowd. So anyway, um, you're all welcome. And uh, he, he does know how to talk to people in a way that, that brings to life what we're talking about and, and the text he works from. Um, I think that's all the housekeeping matters. Tonight we're in step three. And... So we're, we're going to start talking about a decision. One of the things you're going to learn that, that the decision is the access point to power. Yes, you, all, all the spiritual power is accessed through the making of a decision, or at least evidenced by the making of a decision, yeah? Yep. So we're going to start in Chapter 5, a little chapter called How It Works. How many of you have been to an AA meeting before? Good deal, a few of you. So at most AA meetings I've ever been to, they read this little portion of this, and you'll be familiar with the portion they read. Um, they're talking about the wrap-up of steps one and two leading us to a third step decision. So we're going to kind of unpack that, and then we'll just move on through the instruction. Fair enough? So it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. Did you notice they didn't say paths? So they gave you a promise and a condition, but although this book was written by the first 100 about their experience with the first several thousand, they didn't see, say, rarely have we seen a person fail who thoroughly followed our paths. They said path. Yep. Right. 
So if you're not getting the promises that they describe in later chapters, you might want to narrow that gate a little, right? Because they're just going to talk about their experience and, and they're going to talk about precisely what happened to them instead of listening to somebody else in the room who's come up with a different plan. We're not mad at that, but they're not the we, right? Okay, who is the we? The first 100. Very good. Okay, so those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. How many of you have had some struggles, bounced a time or two? Have you ever considered whether you were a cannot or a will not? What did you conclude? <laughs> did you think you were a will not till you found out you were a cannot? We, really, the, moving into this power is an end to judgment. And it really doesn't matter as much as we think about cannot or will not because my mental illness is not all that good at discerning whether I'm being defiant or just insane. Right? How many of you thought you were a will not and then you had a little spin out and you found it a whole lot harder to come back than it was to go? Interesting how that works, isn't it? Okay, so we've got to give ourselves to this simple program. What is the program? The 12 steps. It's not the fellowship. We can get, we can get deluded into thinking sitting in the chair as being in the program because we use those words interchangeably. But they don't say, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery lightly. Otherwise, they would have said, here are the meetings we attended which are suggested as a program of recovery. They didn't say that, did they? How many of you attended a lot of meetings and then ended up spun? Okay. So it helps to help people understand some of this stuff. We're unpacking, right? Okay, so it says who these people are, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. So honest with themselves about what? Okay, that's one thing. There's no right or wrong answer. These guys were very specific in the book. Remember, this is the wrap-up to the steps one and two, leading me to a third-step decision. So in the doctor's opinion, he says a little something about us. He needs us to be honest with ourselves about that. So let's go to XXVIII, with Roman numeral 28, and let's go to the bottom of the page, and let's see if we can get honest with ourselves about that, and then we'll take a look at the solution or the, the experience of a solution that the authors found. So I'm at the bottom of the page. It says men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. Yes. Do I have any drinkers in the room? Are you sober? Can you sit there and bring to consciousness your awareness right now that sense of ease and comfort? It's a good idea to be honest with yourself about that because many of us are many years sober, but we can sit here right now and bring to consciousness that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking a few drinks. How many of you are here, were here for the first step when the authors described their experience that there is a certain point at which we cannot bring to consciousness with sufficient force the memory of suffering and humiliation of a week or a month ago? How many of you have had that experience? I don't pick up no matter what. Perhaps I overreacted. Okay. 
All right. So it says the sensation is so elusive that while they admit it injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. How many of you got caught in a miserable lifestyle, and as miserable as it was, you could not summon the will to walk away from it? So that's what they're talking about, if that's us. Then it says, they are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. So you see our great debacle. I can bring to consciousness many years sober the sense of ease and comfort that comes from taking the drink. I see other people taking the drink with impunity, and I get to thinking, why not me? Yeah? Okay, so that's the one thing we got to get honest with ourselves about if that's us. It may not be us, but if it is, it's a jam, ain't it? So then we want to go to 50, please. And on page 50, they talk about their idea, their experience of a solution to this constant quest of mine for ease and comfort. Any of you relate to always looking for ease and comfort? Better job, better relationship, Better house, better car, more money. Okay. So here's their story on the bottom of 50. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. So what do they mean, worldly? Well-traveled, well-educated. Yeah, they were, these weren't dummies. They were doctors, lawyers, leaders of various types, and also found themselves in a hopeless state, yes? Yeah. Um, they flatly declare that since they've come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power, and to do certain simple things, there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. So how many of you would have to admit you probably need a revolution in the way you live and think from time to time? How many of you have been sober and recognized the need for a revolution? Okay. And sometimes I've ingested chemicals to get such a revolution. Any, anyone know what I'm talking about? So, okay, so, so it says, in the face of the collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. So I'm out here looking for ease and comfort, and all along there was a well of ease and comfort within me to which I was asleep. And so what these guys witness is they were awakened. The goal of 12-step recovery is to what? To wake up spiritually. Not to remain abstinent. I'm no good at it. That's a byproduct of awakening, awakening spiritually. Make sense? Okay. So we got to be honest about that. When that flow comes, remember I told you we'd teach you to talk to you about the power we call God. We, you won't have it in a cipher. If you get the flow, someone will know. Right? That's the signature we carry. Okay, so we got to be honest about those two things, yes? yes? Okay, so then it says that they're, they're, those unfortunates, there are such unfortunates, they're not at fault, they seem to have been born that way. So some people are simply blocked off by their thoughts about any discussion of anything spiritual. They're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. So the manner of living they talk to me about demands rigorous honesty about two things. Where am I looking for my ease and comfort, and how am I feeling right now? Does that make sense? They make it pretty simple. 
Am I restless, irritable, and discontent? Because if I am, the source isn't out there. The source is in me. So where does my help come from? Deep down inside. Okay. So their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders. But many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So how many of you have been around a little while and have seen those people with grave emotional and mental disorders? How many of you, like Sean, have realized it's you? <laughs> the authors are genius at letting us discover ourselves through this process, but all of us to a person, we come here and we don't think we belong. How many of you ended up in a detox? Anyone get to a public detox on the way? You notice there was a lot of people there we didn't want to be like? They point out to you you were there as a patient and not an observer? To a person, we have that difficulty understanding that this is, this is where we belong. Okay, so our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. So I don't necessarily know what I used to be like and what happened and what I'm like now until I've done what they suggested, right? They told me that the alcoholic, properly armed with the facts about himself, can generally win the confidence of another in a few hours where professionals fail. You know, if you guys realize, any of you watching this online, any of you here, the entire New Freedom model is built on exactly that concept. One inmate talking with another inmate can generally win the confidence of that inmate in a few hours. And until such a bond is reached, little can be accomplished. This entire business is built on it. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so if you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So I don't want to take the certain steps until I know if I want what they have and I'm willing to go to any lengths to get it. So how in the world am I going to find out what it is they have that I'm willing to go to any lengths to get? Luckily, they wrote a book. So let's go back to page 25. Middle of that page, it says, the great fact is just this and nothing less, that we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. Remember they told you that they decided they needed a revolution in the way they lived and thought? And they're witnessing to you they desperately needed it. They encountered power within and now at this point, they're witnessing to you that revolution. Yes? And they said that the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. Remember when Ebby approached Bill and he said he had a religious idea and a practical program of action? You guys know that in the story? That's the religious idea. God dwells in you. There is power in you of which you are unaware and a manner of living, a practical program of action that will prove that fact to you through you. Does that make sense? Okay. So it says he has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. If you're seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle of the road solution. So I'm not going to go any further in that because I'm going to go back. Those are the things we need... Do we want absolute certainty? Can I help you with that? 
How many of you can tell me what you were absolutely certain about in your addiction? If I can make it to the dope house, I'll feel different. That's it. And these, by these guys' testimony, I'm going to experience power, peace, happiness, and a sense of direction flowing into me if I'll just gain a certain attitude toward this power and take certain simple steps. Half of them were atheists or agnostics in the beginning. They did not remain that way, contrary to the nonsense I've heard over the years in the, in the rooms. They said, we thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows you need not be disconcerted. The experience changed our mind. We didn't necessarily come up with the same name right away, but they definitely knew they were experiencing power. Yes? Okay. So then it goes on to say that at some of these, we balked. Somebody's laughing. You got one in mind? What is it, Carrie Ann? Which one did you balk at? Have you figured it? So, so the authors tell us that over the process, we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves. This is the first step in recovery. So at any point that you balk, you're back in one. Because you're, you obviously do not believe yourself to be powerless, or you would be... Does it make sense? Don't leave a debt to the creator unpaid. Okay. Um, with all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. So, how many of you have tried to hold on to your old ideas? How many of you have had a little struggle with it? Now, how many of you even know what your old ideas are? How many of you kind of learn your old ideas as you go along? Who's, who's had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps and started helping people? Who's had the experience of someone that looked just like someone you really didn't like come up and ask you for help? What'd you say? So that you, that you were caused, because of this power, to confront your old ideas and move through it without judgment in spite of the argument in your mind. Yes? Yeah, the process works. But we're going to have to stay faithful to the process, right? Faithful to the power. The power is not the process, but the power in you will be revealed as a result of the process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, um, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it's too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is? It's interchangeable, isn't it? That one is power. Come on. Come on, guys. When I say God, you say power. Right? Because all of us seek power. Yes? Yeah, you can go that way, too. So, we all shout out that one is However, what do we really believe? How many of you today thought someone else caused how you thought and felt? So the manner of living is needed. It's not a one and done because throughout the day I'm going to perceive things that are going to be perceived by me as an attack. And that can't be true because there's only one who has all power. Do you understand? So anyway. So then it says, that one is God, may you find him now. Where are we going looking? Deep down. 
deep down inside. In the last analysis, it's only there that it may be found. It was so with us. That's what they tell us, yes? All right. So then it says, half measures availed us nothing. How'd they learn that little truth? They employed some half measures. How many of you have tried half measures and found that half measures seem to get you about half? I'm good. Fucker. Right? A little restless, a little irritable, a little discontented, but not like yesterday. No, I know what I'm talking about? Anyone walk around with a slow burn on and everyone you ran into reminded you of something you ought to hit? That's a half measure, right? That's why we're going to get disciplined eventually to learn. What, what does the world show me? The world shows me how I'm thinking and feeling. It doesn't cause how I think and feel. It has no power to do that. Anyway. All right, so half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. We wouldn't have done that had we not encountered power that presented as power, peace, happiness, and a sense of direction. Correct? Okay. All right, so I'm not going to go through the steps. I'm going to jump over to page 60. At the conclusion of the, the step list, says, Many of us exclaimed, What an order! I can't go through with it. How many of you have had a similar experience, although you might not have phrased it that way? Looked at that list on the wall and go, hmm, Not so much. I'm not telling anyone that. Or I'm not going to make amends to that person. Right? Okay. So, do not be discouraged. That's what we need to tell you. Nobody looking at that list, if they're honest with themselves and have it explained to them what it entails, is ready to just tackle it. <laughs> but what we are willing to do is do the next indicated thing that we are willing to do, right? Because it's not going to work unless I honestly want to and I'm willing to make the effort because I can't fully concede to my innermost self based on a lie. I mean, either want to or I don't. Yes? We'll even have people say, just say a prayer. You don't have to believe. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You, you don't have to believe in a theology, but you have to believe in the power in you. Because God in you does not care about prayers you don't care about. Period. No matter what some moron tells you. It better be real to you. Yes? Okay. Um, I can't go through with it. That's probably an honest admission, right? Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. So the principles are contained in the steps. We'll get into that in the later steps. But my first admission of powerlessness was an admission of powerless, and now I can't go through it. Of course not. I encountered the power that's going to take me through it. How many of you got to one, two, three, and out for a long time? Couldn't, just could not put the pen to paper on the... Okay, well, that's because we didn't sufficiently encounter power to go inward and arm ourselves with the facts about ourselves. It just wasn't our... Does it make sense? Okay. So, so then it says, it says, we're not saints. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. So at a minimum, are you willing to grow? Evidence of a decision made is going to be action. So it's the old story the old-timers always told... You know, if you've got three frogs on a, on a log and one of them makes a decision to jump, how many frogs you got? 
He got three because all he did was make a decision. He didn't jump. Right? And so you'll know how you're doing because you'll be moving. Notice how the author's next step, they'll say, next we launched on a course of vigorous action. They, they're very, they're telling us what it looks like and what it feels like, yeah? So the principles we set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, so where did we get to the alcoholic description? Dr. Bill's story. There is a solution, more about alcoholism, yeah? You learned a little bit about our, what our disorder might have looked like. Um, the chapter to the agnostic, chapter four. chapter four, where we looked, maybe we were looking in the wrong place regardless of our professed belief, or maybe we thought God was good at handling my big stuff, but not my little stuff. Any of you been there? God, you can handle my addiction, but I got this whole job and spending thing under control. And our personal adventures before and after make clear these, pertinent, these three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. Did you notice how they broke that up? They made me admit to unmanageability in one, but they didn't describe to me my unmanageability until two. So just by leading me that way, they made me walk in faith that little step to show me I could walk in faith. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Because then they tell me in two what that unmanageability is and why I couldn't solve it with my external solutions. Okay. Then it says that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. How did we learn that? We, we marshaled our will. We had people begging us to stop. They said, if you loved me, you'd stop. And we loved them, and we knew, I hope they take this appointment well. Anyone relate to what I'm saying? All of us fail, right? And some of it's just more graphic than others, and it's always difficult to watch. Yeah. Um, and that God couldn't, what if he were sought? So when I say God, what are you talking about? Power. power. So that power you discovered within that reveals itself as power, peace, happiness, a sense of direction, is going to empower you to move through the fear. That's what fearless means, in spite of, not without. Yes? Okay. So then it says, being convinced, we are at step three. So being convinced of what? A, B, and C. A, B, and C. So again, they said, just whatever your conception is, that's where you start, and then we're going to, as you move through this process, this power is going to be revealed to you, and you're going to start walking in certainty as you grow in. Yes? yes? Is that kind of what's happened for everybody? Okay. So, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. Now, a lot of, over the years, I've heard people start saying, that's a God of our understanding. No, it's not. That's not what they said. What they said is God as we understood him. Who's we? First 100. How did they tell you they understood God? <coughs> Sensory power. Power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowing in. Bill said it felt like a wind of a mountaintop blowing through and through. Years of scales of prejudice fell from his eyes, he said. How many of you had that experience at your fourth step? Scales of prejudice falling from your eyes. How many of you had more of that when you did a 12th step for the first time and took someone else through there too? How many of you are feeling, who's feeling that? I feel a lot of you feeling that. Okay, that's the power that's happening in you. That's not coming from up here. Okay, 
So what do we mean by that and what do we do? What do we mean? What do we do? Okay. Well, the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. So are we convinced? Because it's a requirement. So what are you convinced by? So you're convinced by your experience. But now read the sentence again. It says, any life. Not just my life, any life. I've got to quit comparing myself out there and assuming that they've got it different than me. Any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. So when I see someone being a success, I either don't know all the story or they're not running on self-will. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So... On that basis, I'm not asking you to swallow that right now. I'm, I'm saying what they learn is we must be convinced, and this is the prayer launching them into the new manner of living, and the process convinces us, and the power within us convicts us, and we learn we can't serve effectively with judgment, and we surrender judgments, and we grow in the Spirit. True? Okay. All right, so... On that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. So how many of you have had that experience? Checked your motives, motives are good, some son of a bitch doesn't appreciate your motives. Okay. At least one of us knows what I'm talking about. So then it goes on to tell us the nature of that problem. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. In this book, they use the words they mean, and they mean the words they say. And all, usually they're self-defining as well. So, so when they say people, they mean people. And when they want to talk about me, they're going to say things like alcoholic. But they're not the same. I'm a people with alcoholism, and they'll call me out as an alcoholic, and they'll call everyone else out as people. Okay. So each person is like the actor who wants to run the whole show. He's forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If only his arrangements, or if his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest, and self-sacrificing. Thank you. <laughs> Anyone besides Sean find yourself there? I encourage all of you to find yourself there. Right? You're not there all the time, but there's a little bit of good in the worst of us and a little bit of bad in the best of us. And so we need to find our humanity within us. And so let's own that oftentimes you are kind and generous and all those things. And then we're going to talk about some other times. <laughs> On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. How many of you find yourself there? How many of you find yourself there easier sometimes than the other one? Okay, we got to work on that, right? Because that's, that may be true and it may not be true, but that can be changed through this power. You can be made new through this power, even if that's true. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So, but as with most humans, he's more likely to have varied traits. What usually happens? 
That's what they said. The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. Any of you get there? How many of you, because of some of the situations in which you found yourself, felt victimized? By, by an upbringing, by a system, and it carried for a long time, even maybe past the damage, still feeling a victim. Any of you, like me, until someone finally points out to us that victimhood is a decision. Victory is also a decision, and it all depends on how I learn to tell the story. Does that make sense? Okay, so your addiction, your criminal past, whatever, is a calling, not a curse. But you're still going to have to decide how you tell the story. Yes? Okay. We spend a lot of time here, guys, teaching you how to tell your story in a positive way. And one of the things I can tell you, if you're wanting to go to work in behavioral health, we're the largest reentry facility in the country, and if you've got a criminal history, we want you. Just, just so you know. Um, so so uh, he, decide, he decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be, and still the play does not suit him. You ever had that experience? You got them all where they're supposed to be, and it's just still not quite in key. Did you ever figure out why that is? <laughs> what I find, I, that's what we like to conclude. We have to hope that's not true, huh, Matt? What I finally concluded is they're talking about the show that is my life. And while I'm running around out here directing the lights, the scenery, and the ballet, the lights pan to me to play the role that is my life, and it can't come off because I'm out there telling someone else how to do their part. Right? Any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Okay, so it goes on to tell us that he becomes, admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he's sure that other people are more to blame to Matt's point, that's an easy conclusion to come to. It's a false one, but it's an easy one to come to, right? He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. Any of you get there? Okay. What is this basic trouble? Maybe, or he just misperceives. But because but, I don't, manipulation almost implies content, intent, right? So there may no, be no intent there, right? How many of you have done something that you felt, you know, this, just selfless, I'm just giving this to some. How many of you were a little disappointed in how they received your act of selfless giving? There's another book that says, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, which means have no awareness of self in the transaction, right? So we got some growth to go through, right? Okay, so what is his basic trouble? Yeah. They put a question mark, they want me to go inward. Because that's a, you know, an inflection point, an introspective look. Um, is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? So when I'm having those moments, how many of you have had the family situation and someone passed away and there was a distribution of assets? How many of you had the conundrum of 
feeling like you should have got done better in the distribution. Who am I talking to? That shit's happened to me. <laughs> I forgot I was a shit show for 40 years. I figured they had two. Apparently not. <laughs> it would appear. Um, is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? I just got to be honest with me. It doesn't matter your motives. I, I need to know why I'm disturbed. Right. right? Okay. Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if only he manages well? Deconstruct that one. What is delusion? Right. I, I lie to me, and I don't know I'm lying. And people will assume I'm lying to them, but I'm not capable of lying to you without lying to me first, and I don't even know it's a lie. It can be, especially if I'm trying to live out my life that way, right? Okay, so is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants? So how many of you are running around pretending you were in charge? People found out you weren't in charge. <laughs> they they caught, caught up on your little scheme. How many of you ran into that guy that thought they were in charge? Yeah. We could spot their delusion instantly, couldn't we? Yeah. Okay. And do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? See, we're, we're warring with people about meaningless things because we're not aware of who we are and whose we are. When you know who you are and... And whose you are, it's all yours anyway. There's no reason to squabble over it. You'll find you get what you need, right? Okay. So is he not even in his best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony? Yes? Have I had that experience, right? That's the question I'm asking. So our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century. Politicians and reformers are sure that all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him. And the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments or our self-pity. So they want me to go inward and see what my disturbance is and is it really rooted in you and what you have or is it really rooted in my perception of why not me? You're the only one that knows, right? This is about getting properly armed with the facts about ourselves to, to be freed of those limiting thoughts and if I don't own that, then I'll have no desire to free Get free from those limiting thoughts, yes? So they're going to talk about what they discovered about themselves, see if it fits for you in any way. So selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we've made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. This book's written in past tense. 
So those of you that haven't been through this process and you're reading this book and maybe you had a very difficult upbringing and you were badly mistreated, no one is suggesting that that mistreatment in childhood or even in adulthood, you have a part in the mistreatment. But if you're dying over it years after you survived it and you haven't used it to encourage another about getting through it, then you've made a decision to hold that to yourself rather than use it to help your brother or sister out of a jail. So your unforgiveness is killing you. Does that make sense? So we don't want anyone to feel bad. It's not about that. We want you to understand we have to move through the process. We have to start serving. And we'll find that every terrible thing that ever happened to us will be put to purpose if we'll walk in faith. Does that make sense? Okay. So, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic, uh-oh, they're talking about me now. See how we're not talking people anymore? We're talking square about Joe. The alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, and he usually doesn't think so. What, What are my chances if that bondage isn't broken? If I'm not relieved of that bondage of self, what are my chances given I'm an alcoholic, an addict of the hopeless variety? Less than average, they think they said. Okay? So, though he used and doesn't think so, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. So now they're talking specifically to those of us who have found ourselves in this book as the alcoholic. It isn't about how anyone else ought to behave. This book is not how you should behave. This book is written about how if I will try and behave, it won't trouble me so much how y'all behave. And we have to internalize that. If I'm expecting you to live by spiritual principles, I miss the whole point. (laughs) You're going to do what you do, right? You'll be freer if you do, but you're not even going to know what it looks like until you see me doing it. And I got a full-time job just disciplining my thinker to keep from acting less than spiritual. You ever been walking around acting real spiritual and then something showed up that you found disturbing and... You went from ohm to fuck you. (laughs) Apparently some of you have. Okay. So the problem is centered in the mind. My troubles are centered in the mind. The solutions found within me, they're getting very precise now. Neither the problem or the solutions ever out there. Does that make sense? Okay. So, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us, and God makes that possible. Interesting choice of words. God does it, right? But apparently, since they said God makes it possible, there's a part that I play. How many of you discovered there is a part that you play? Okay. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. So what does that tell us? They lived in a delusion they could get rid of self without God's aid. I have to have a power greater than me presenting from within me to get rid of self. Because the minute I'm aware of self, there I am. Right? Okay. 
How many of you have worked with other people and you know what I'm talking about? People, someone said, if I know I'm going to get benefit from working with people, how is that selfless? I said, it's not on its face, but you'll do it because you know you're going to be rewarded. And at times while you're doing it, stuff will come through you that's not of you, and you will know that wasn't you. How many of you have worked with people and know what I'm talking about? That's the power we call God. A bunch of you felt that. Okay. Um, and, and those of you that study one particular book I know, that you know, to have faith, one must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of faith. So there's nothing wrong with knowing that you're going to get progressively free because you move in faith, because that's an expectation. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So... God makes that possible, and there often, often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them or to them even though we would have liked to. So that's where we get into the poor legalist ideas. You know, you're not doing the steps right, you're not doing the traditions right, you're not doing the Bible right, you're not doing whatever right. Moral and philosophical convictions, but the minute I judge you, I violated the same thing I'm accusing you of. Does it make sense? Regardless of what fellowship in which you find yourself. Yes? Okay. So neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. So the power within me is going to move me through that piece of fear that's limiting this better version of me I'm trying to grow into. Yes? How many of you found out that you were made new right away but you had to walk into your newness till it looked and felt like your suit. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay. So there's this process that goes... How many of you all of a sudden found out you weren't angered by the things that you once were angered by, and then people in your circle would tell you to be angry about that because... And you're like, nah, I don't want to. That's spiritual growth, right? Okay, so neither could we reduce our self-centeredness by wishing or, or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. So way back when, what do we mean, what do we do? Then we went through a page or two, and now we're back to, okay, here's your answer. Here's the how and the why, yeah? First of all, we had to quit playing God. So if the atheists and agnostics among us that's a little disturbing, right? That we're playing that which we don't believe in. And of course we don't believe in it because we haven't encountered the tangible presence and then we haven't been told that tangible presence, that expression from us, is indeed the power we're talking about. It's not a concept. The authors went to great lengths, guys. We gotta help people understand. We're not talking to you about theologies. These guys compared the experience of God to the fact that we have electrical theory and everyone believes in electricity without a murmur of doubt. Why this ready acceptance? Because we've experienced its effects. I don't have to come to believe in electricity. I've got to touch that light socket with a metal implement. Instant come to believe. Right? And the same thing they witnessed to about the power we call God. So we teach you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration. The demonstration I'm giving you isn't coming from me, it's emanating from you, but because you're in slumber, I may need to call it to your attention. But when you have it, I'll know. 
Does that make sense? Okay. So neither way could we reduce our... Oh, wait a minute. This is the how and the why. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. And next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. What's a director do? So I don't have to be out arranging the lights and the scenery and the ballet anymore because that's what a director does. Right? So the decision is I'm going to quit running over there to tell you how to live when I can't clearly demonstrate how anyone should live. Okay? He is the principal, we're his agents. He's the father and we're his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. Which concept? Yeah, God's the director. We're the agent. Does that make sense? They talk to us about spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation. So I have a role to play. They, they alluded to it. I am the driving force of God's love on earth if I decide to move in this power and direction. Does that make sense? Okay. So when we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. Those of you of the Christian tradition, the Judeo-Christian tradition, signs and wonders follow us. Remarkable things follow. Come around here, you guys that are, are here you know, but those of you from outside that don't know, come around here sometime and watch, man. I'm telling you, the blind see, the lame walk, the captives are set free every day here. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Keeping close to the power we call God is improving consciousness, awareness of being aware of the power within me. So how do I keep close? I serve, I pray, I meditate, I serve, I pray, I meditate. Not necessarily in that order. Oftentimes I find I need to pray after I started to serve and thought too much Joe came out. Not enough God came out. That's why I did that on purpose, to let you know that sometimes we have to be reminded that our humanity has to be in check in order to effectively serve. Um, established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. Well, that'd be handy, given that I determined that Selfishness driven by fear was what was causing all that stuff. As they made the decision, how many of you just made a decision, started working on your inventory, and immediately you started focusing on some of the harms you had done and you became less and less interested in yourself? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, our little plans and designs. How many of you looking back over your life could see how you wanted one thing you were brought through something, and now you're living a much grander life than you would have picked for yourself. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. How many of you have learned that little trick? Don't look what I can get. Look what I can add and see how much more is added to me once God knows me to be a giver. Is that true? How many of you know what I'm talking about? God will give you a lot more than you'll think for yourself if you'll prove yourself to be a giver. Um, then it goes on to tell us about as we felt new power flow in. See how they're talking about the sensory nature and not a concept. 
They're not talking about a group of drunks, and they're not talking about a doorknob or a light bulb or a sock named Oscar. Those are all the shitty, stupid things I've heard over the years. They're talking about power within, tangible power in a manner of living that will prove that fact to me, through me. Power to love the unlovely. Power to tolerate the intolerable. Yes? Okay. Um, as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, how many of you have had the experience of peace of mind and that was even foreign to you, even fleetingly foreign to you? Where's my meth addicts? Like, peace of mind? What the hell is that? Right? Okay. As we discovered we could face life successfully. How many of you have started in your step process, started getting some help for some of your other issues, and are starting to take the little steps necessary to just face life on life's terms? So we, we will learn to face life successfully, right, if we're moving forward, rather than blocking consciousness of our intolerable situation. As we discovered we could face life successfully as we became conscious of his presence. Please, guys, you're never going to do the manner of living if you don't know God to be a tangible power experience from within you. Anyone that tells you less than that is just, they're lying to you. It may be because they were lied to, but these guys witnessed to being atheists or agnostics or believers thinking they were not good enough, and they encountered this power, and their lives were revolutionized. Okay, so we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. So what had to happen prior to the re rebirth? Self had to go. I cringe every time I hear people in treatment space talking about self-care, because self's the problem. But, but I understand the idea. I mean, we are supposed to tend to the temple. But self tends to go with an identity that is not nearly as useful as we think. I did a lot of self-care on my way to recovery, too. Okay. Some of, some of y'all did, too. Huh? Okay. So we're now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, Say, so, hey, God's going to meet you where you are. By this stage, you've had your encounter, and you believe what you want to believe. You may have asked me what I believe, and I'll say yes. The God that I believe in said, greater works than these you will do. But I don't require you believe that. Walk with me. I'll show you. You got me? Okay. Um, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Notice there's no amen. I want to call your attention to that. It's not harmful to say it, but you're not expected to ask for agreement from God until you know the whole story, and you don't know the story yet. This is an act of faith before my eyes are opened. I haven't armed myself with the facts about myself. Therefore, no amen. It's half the prayer. Does it make sense? So then it says, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. You may not be abandoning yourself utterly to him. You may be abandoning yourselves utterly to the person taking you through the process or to the chemical that drove you here because we become, come to believe in an illness before we come to believe we need a healing. 
That, that's why we're, we're walking you to it, but we're supposed to walk with you through it. We got a, a core value around here, the, 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 the description of it says, we carry the burdens of others as indicated. And some people get offended by that, but that is how we fulfill the law of Christ. Read Galatians 6.2. We carry the burdens of our fellows when indicated. Okay? Um, we found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor, but it's better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. So we want to encounter this power within us alone rather than with someone who does not understand the gravity of our decision. Does that make sense? If it's, if it's someone who knows the decision and is in agreement with you, great. But if they don't, or you just have something you want to express yourself, <coughs> they discovered it was better to do that alone. And then it says the wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we express the idea of voicing it without reservation. <coughs> Sorry about that. It must be getting short because I start coughing at the end every time. So <clears throat> the wording's optional. If you don't talk in King James language, don't talk in King James language. God knows how you talk. Express the idea, right? And, and so you might want to look at what the idea is, but it's basically asking for power to move me through the rest of the steps. Okay? And, and you're never through the rest of the steps. Because it's a matter of living. That's a little thing. Yeah, it's, on the, it's in the fine print. <coughs> so, voicing it without reservation. So, again, God doesn't care about prayers you don't care about, and God absolutely cares about any prayer you do care about. Even if you can't vocalize it, he cares. So if it's nothing but an utterance or a grunt, that'll be enough, and they're going to tell you about the experience this was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made an effect, sometimes a very great one was felt at once. So who, how many of you guys in here, you guys that have worked with me, I told you, write your own prayer. Then call me and tell me about the effect you had. And don't make it up, because if you didn't have an effect and you tell me, it'll, it'll die. But if you had an effect and you tell me about it, no matter where I am on the planet, I'll feel it with you. Right? Good. Next week we'll be in four. Thanks.